Also, a warm welcome from my side to the second season of the Kick-Ass Women podcast and a happy 2021. In this episode, which was recorded already a while ago, I talked to a woman I was lucky enough to call my boss for three years, Alizé de Tonac. Alizé is a co-founder of Seed Stars, a company with a mission to impact people's lives in emerging markets through venture capital investments and entrepreneurship programs. Like many millennials and overachievers, Alizé initially tried to climb the corporate ladder. As she became increasingly frustrated, Alizé met her co-founders and started the first Seedstars World Tour. In this episode, she shares thoughts about her frustrations with the corporate world, becoming a founder and now juggling the startup world and being a mom to, by now, two kids. Now, without further ado, please enjoy the episode with Alizé and leave a comment. for being with me today and taking the time to talk although you're super busy and you said you just came out of another interview so that seems like quite a marathon and so I was wondering how did you actually get started with all this super cool Seed Stars journey I'm happy to be a part of so maybe we start at the very beginning I heard somewhere that you actually grew up surrounded by startups and investors so maybe you can tell me a little bit about that I don't know who said that. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, not at all. I I grew up. Uh, was fortunate to grow up in Asia. Then I went a bit to the States and Europe. I traveled a bit, so I've always been ex exposed to different cultures, but not at my will. Line. It was when I started university, but uh, I definitely had that hunger of traveling. Um, but even though my father was in many ways in a in a in a big startup in France and that that became one of the um, a big tech company at that time and uh, is now a venture capitalist, it it didn't seem like a world that interested me. I was much more interested in kind of you know that uh, nice CV of doing the big school with the, the consulting background and then doing a big uh, corporate. Uh, I was very interested in marketing and and. and specific like luxury products so went into L'Oréal but I didn't at all at least I wasn't aware that I was uh, exposed to to some opportunities and um, it really really started with Seed Stars. Clinking into what you said about L'Oréal actually when I was interviewing for Seed Stars I heard this super authentic interview with you where you share kind of the story how you grew more and more frustrated with your job at a corporate yeah. and I know many other young people especially in their first job after graduating feel the same way so maybe you can share a little bit so why were you frustrated and what gave you the courage to leave that job I think I was frustrated like many of our generation um, it was what's the, what's the purpose of my day-to-day um, and it's it's true, it's very gratifying today working in my own business or in a startup environment to have a very clear and vivid sensation of your worth on a daily basis. Now, it doesn't mean it, it's extraordinary and it's extremely challenging or extremely gratifying, but there's a, a big sense that you are the machine and it needs to operate. Um, and that is very gratifying, which is something I did not at all feel in, in in the, the more corporate environment where it's quickly taken over by processes, by internal political agenda, 
um, by uh, such big objectives and, uh, and, st- and strategic goals that don't impact you in any way because you are so far from it um, and not engaged into that. And that's why I feel in many ways, I wonder if these corporate structures, as we know, can still live on in the years to come where there is just going to be such a, um, it's such it's going to be a, a, an environment where the pace of change is going to be accelerated and, and there's going to be a need of, of, of agility, which which is not present um, in these bigger structures. So that was where the frustration came it doesn't mean I didn't learn a lot. And even more importantly, I learned what I didn't want to do or what I didn't want to be as a manager or as a team member or a partner. Luckily, luckily, I was so fortunate to meet my co-founders because I see a lot of my peers struggling in finding the right team um, and failing in the process, which is normal. And I got really lucky. Uh, first attempt, I found kind of the team I wanted to be building something with for the years to come. How did you actually meet your co-founders? Uh, we knew, like Benjamin and Michael, we knew each other before because we had done the same university at, at a bachelor level. I, Because I had been in, in Switzerland they and they are Swiss, we had met also with, with Pierre-Alain at other occasions. Um, so we, we found ours, I think it was Michael Pierre-Alain that met uh, whilst traveling and then Benjamin, who was leaving a kind of a startup experience that came in. I was coming back from Italy. Charlie was leave, had already left kind of the impact investing space and was entering the startup world, but hadn't found the right team yet. And so we kind of, we all collided in those six to 12 months in, in a very natural and, and, and not very clear path, but, uh, but with all the right kind of values and ambition, I believe. And talking about the ambition, so you then uh, started together with Pierre-Alain on the yeah. first tour. So what was going on in your heads back then when you packed your bag and what did you want to achieve? What was the idea back yeah. then? So as you know, uh, Pierre-Alain, he's extremely, um, he's very in tune with his gut feeling and in many ways is a, is a great visionary because um, it's really him that had sensed that if we wanted to build companies and help entrepreneurs, why were we uh, limiting ourselves uh, to Europe or to Switzerland where we were starting out um, and had this very clear sense of emergency and deadline? He even put a date. It was before I am 30. I want to do a world tour and expose myself to this amount of startup ecosystem and figure out who these entrepreneurs and what they do. And when this was starting to reflect in his head, it, for me, it's, it was, I was still kind of in the corporate world and mindset where this is impossible. You don't just say that and do it. It, it felt very strange for me. But luckily enough uh, for me, um, and especially my personality is in a way that I need to do a kind of a radical change. I can't incrementally do it. I'm not very comfortable. I am that kind of person that has to kind of make the big change. So because I had understood I was really complacent in, in where I was, um, I decided to, to, to do this radical change and, and lead the company and join, join him in, in, the, in this experience. And from there it was, okay, how do you build this network? What would be the most appropriate vehicle? Should a competition be what we do? 
Uh, we started with a simple WordPress. We committed in investing half a million in the first com- the winning company, and we didn't have at all the funding. We had some run rate to go for the first three months, but then we would be out. So then everything started rolling in, and you're, you get in the momentum, and you forget uh, kind of the, the, the that initial fear of having switched completely uh, lifestyle and, and jobs. What I found super interesting is what you said about Pierre Alain and how he had this big goal in mind, because more and more um, I study how big leaders, entrepreneurs, basically people that achieve something that is seen as outwardly success, let me put it like that. It always starts with a big goal in mind and they do things very deliberately. So is this something that you also have adapted? Adapt, um, it's strange because... Now it's very easy to connect the dots and make sense out of it. Um, at that time, it felt like, let's just see. And we've said that on many things. <laughs> so actually, the, the, that vision of we want to build, we want to have an impact from our experience so far, the idea of people living out of ide- our idea, supporting people to To create jobs seemed like a very immediate gratification and and powerful element for us. But then how we would do it under what rules has evolved over time. Because we wanted to build and want to be ambitious, we wanted what we did to be done well and we wanted to be sustainable, profitable. I mean, we had all those drivers which now actually represent the Seedstar's values. But the goal set in terms of exactly how we would operate was very much in experimentation. And so when we now think about the first tour that you did, I mean, just to paint a picture, it was really a crazy thing. You just packed your bags and you wanted to visit several several emerging kids ecosystem. You ended up doing 20. You did not have enough money to, to sustain your own expenses yes. for the whole time, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So can you maybe share one or two anecdotes from that from that first tour? My God, there are so many, but uh, nothing very... I mean, I don't know if you feel that now, Adriana, but I've really started... There's a sense of comfort in, in, in the day-to-day mess-ups that we do uh, because it's so <laughs> part of the job, but... It was really, really terrifying for me uh, coming out of the corporate world um, where I had a lot of those old habits of take, trying to take away the responsibility. So I remember putting, for example, my first interactions with clients, partners, uh, startups, um, I would put always everyone in copy, Michael, Pierre-Alain, Charlie. Um, and when it would go wrong, I would be like, But you guys were in coffee, you knew about it. And they're like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, in which language are you speaking? You own up to your failures. And and so for me, that was like a really tough habit to take away. Um, I remember our first event in Moscow, a couple of hours before the event started, we realized that we hadn't thought, we didn't, we didn't know how an event operated in the sense we forgot that there was, there needed jury scoring or, I mean, we would make up these sheets uh, copying wherever we could have and then it becomes quite standardized quickly but we were so so last minute on many elements um it was tough also to deliver the pitch that we had the funding we had the, the, the investments when there was really nothing so there was really that element 
of, of fake it before you become it. But, but because we were so sincere in what we did, we did it well and it was diligent and it, it was very clear that we wouldn't be stopping. Um, I think people took uh, took it, bought in the the bigger picture, and a lot of people supported us. We also had a technique to make sure we would do it and not back out at any moment. the The little money we had invested in this project, we paid the full amount of all the flight tickets, so we burned all the cash. But that made us <laughs> forced us to do the whole world tour, <laughs> and. Have to knock on all doors, um, but uh, no. If not, uh, it, it went quite. I mean, it was such an amazing experience that uh, it's tough to to imagine uh, any mess ups. <laughs> and now the company, we are now in our seventh year. Which, yeah, which must which must be so crazy for you. I mean, it's already so crazy for me, and I've only been part of the last two years. Yeah. So what has been for you the biggest challenge of building your own company until until now? Biggest challenge has always been related to my personal demons that I work on, which is um, my stress, my my stress, which can engage in a lot of negativity. Um, and that's why I'm so lucky to have partners that balance so well my pitfalls and challenges. Um, but um, how can I say um, it's always down to the team. How do you, how do you find the right talent? How do you build the right organization and support to tap into their full potential? How do you make them see you think, uh, see things differently? Yeah. It's always been talent. They've made, they've been part of most of my sleepless nights and they've been also part of my most gratifying moments. I hope I wasn't part of your sleepless night. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about our team, I mean, we have grown like crazy. I think when I started, we were like 40 or 15. Yeah. Now we're more than 100. Yeah. How's your daily life different than a few years ago? It's actually much better because I've, I've been able to, to understand my limitations and define how best to support others. So I, if I see myself when you came in, it was a huge pressure for me because I had stretched myself thin on managing way too many people. And I hadn't understood that, that there was like a limits of bandwidth of, of people you could manage and that I was not scalable. Um, so we needed to figure out ways to scale. We needed to really focus on culture to, because many say it, culture is management at scale. So there, there were huge kind of, of, of these turning points two years ago of, okay, so what is culture at Seedstars? What is the profile we recruit? What is the type of uh, ambitions that we have? And how do we deploy that and disseminate that in the organization? How do the talents uh, grow within? How do we really honestly build a platform where people can plug in Uh, without it feeling like entering an organization and a structure. Um, and that has alleviated a lot of my uh, bigger uh, stresses. So I have to say it's, 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 it's only going better. Also because you know yourself um, better and, and we have great success stories every year and we, we see ourselves growing, not just in number of people, but in terms of the impact, the scalability of our businesses, the scalability of our investments. 
So we've been quite fortunate that it's going in a positive way. Um, and we all met again last summer, the partners, and everyone was kind of in for another uh, five to 10 years. So that's really, really cool. <laughs> that's great to hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I guess a lot of people are wondering, as the CEO of a startup or the co-founder of a startup, the partner of a startup, yeah. what is it that you actually do? So maybe can you give some insights? What are the projects, challenges, yeah. tasks you're working on right now? So we've, we, we've made a conscious decision at Seedstars that we would never be just managers. Every partner had to have a very clear role, uh, operating role within the company. And so, and that's reevaluated every six to 12 months according to the needs and to also our competencies and what, what can we bring on the table. So it's been very honest and tough conversations of when you've lacked um, in performance or not, but in a good way also for us to grow personally. Um, in the initial years, I was very much focused on Seedstars World, the competition, so the expansion of the network and, and building a sustainable model. And now I'm very much um, operating on business development and managing our partnerships across the regions and globally. And, um, and so my day-to-day -day is very much in coaching and training the teams on the ground that have that this role and making sure that they uh, they reach their objectives and we build together a plan an action plan and then myself also working on my my own deals and then it's kind of trans uh, transversal across the whole group where we see that there are areas of challenges and we jump in uh, with with our background experience and and and, and expertise to try and solve these issues, which can be very, very different. And it can be very much related to a project that we're building, to uh, piloting a new experiment, to managing a human resource issue, um, to figuring out how to better scale uh, one part of the organization, to reflect on the investment thesis uh, that we have set. And then it's to evangelize who we are, what we do, um, and the mission that we have put ourselves of impacting emerging markets. And so I find my, and, but that's, I mean, it's very much sales and business development. So uh, working with the external organizations, participating in, in conferences, etc. I don't know if that was clear enough. It definitely shows that you're wearing many, many, many hats. And that actually leads to our second to last question, as I know you need to run off to your next meeting. And that is a question that you ask us, so your team, a lot. Yeah. How do you unwind, Alize? Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. um, what I'm realizing more and more, what helps me unwind is, so of course it's sports. Um, and the outdoors, it's something more and more that I appreciate. Um, I'm trying to learn more and more about yoga and meditation. I'm not there yet, but the whole breathing exercises help me a lot. My family and friends give me energy. And, um, and last, uh, I'm a movie TV series geek. So that helps me to shop off sometimes. I'm so happy to hear that you are also drawn into Netflix then and be unproductive at times. <laughs> uh, but I love talking to you about all the hipsy-dipsy stuff you're into. <laughs> sure. 
And I hope you can give me some tips on, on how to get to med- meditating, becoming a habit and not dead. Are you using Headspace, the app? No, I've downloaded them all. And <laughs> <laughs> But that's a really good one because they offer one minute up to like 20 minutes or something. Yeah, yeah I think there's more of an issue of discipline here that, <laughs> that's under, underlining. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, what I also wanted to ask you actually I asked around in the team whether anyone has a question for you <laughs> and so Lore wanted to know um, as you're a new mom okay not so new anymore you have a beautiful little baby boy he's turning one one year super soon yes so how do you balance having a baby and being a co-founder You don't balance it. You don't balance it like it's very tough to balance uh, your, your, your professional world and your personal world, which is very tough because if, to say it that way because it feels like you need to separate it. But in a sense, it's, it's very difficult to have everything included and to give that right amount of time to, to all these parts of your life which give you energy. And I haven't found a solution. I haven't found necessarily someone that has given one um i think the the most appropriate feedback i've received because i still believe i'm very much mom in training um is um let it go <laughs> it's cyclical there there will be days where you feel you should be at home there are days where you feel like you should be at work um again homework doesn't mean much in today's context because we, we work anywhere and everywhere but it's a constant challenge like if you're not mom it's a constant challenge to manage um your ambition at work and your family and your friends and your partner um like it is a challenge to include all these other hobbies and 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 elements of your life of sports and activities that give you energy uh It's, it's really, really tough. And I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm not comfortable in very rigid sets of agendas and I'm not that, I'm not focused. I don't have that personality. So having a very strict agenda doesn't necessarily fulfill uh, that complexity. So the advice would be to, to let it go, to know that it's difficult, to enjoy the moment, uh, to focus on the quality. And I'd say that at work as I'd say that at home. Uh, but when you're very ambitious, you, you tend to be at home as at, in work. And so you expect a lot of yourself and others. And, and that's where it gets tough. And, and that's where the challenges hit. But um, Even moms that have decided not to work have faced other challenges. Um, so the, those types of what we would call trade-offs, you have to be conscious, accept it. And we're super lucky that uh, we're all healthy and doing something we love. So nice that you describe yourself as, as mom in training because it shows <laughs> that you, you at least try to cut yourself some slack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I try indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful unfortunately i know that you have to run but thank you so much for cutting out some time for us to sit down and talk about things that we usually don't have the opportunity to talk about thank you so so much alizy thank you adriana for making this happen with the podcast it's very cool